Welcome to episode 76 of Telepractice Today with Kim Dutro-Allen and Dr. Todd Houston. Hey, welcome back to another episode. Um, I wanted to talk about thinking about scheduling and all of the mess that that um, can be when you're working in telepractice. But I thought the best way to uh, illustrate this was to tell you my schedule the other day that I had because it was it was nuts. So I got my two oldest kids off to school and spent the morning with my daughter and who's two. And then uh, when the babysitter got here, or actually a little bit before the babysitter got here, I set her up with Coco Melon and went to go work on some things with telepractice and got on with some of my students. But I had at uh, 12 o'clock, I had a student in Idaho over uh, my telepractice platform that I use and then got off of that and joined a IEP meeting and on Google Meet, hopped back onto Zoom and did some sessions in Utah at the charter school that I work at. Had another student I couldn't fit in anywhere else in Idaho, so I hopped back onto the telepractice platform and saw them and then went back to Zoom and finished my day in Idaho. So it was lots of, oh, and then I think we recorded a podcast that night, too. <laughs> so I was bouncing everywhere and just, you know, at the end of the day, thought about how crazy it was, but also how I wouldn't be able to be everywhere I needed to be if it wasn't for telepractice. So I'm really grateful that I do it. But a couple things that I use to keep all, track of all of that is I make sure that I kind of have all of my appointments in one calendar so I can see from, you know, various jobs and settings that where I have to be when and make sure that all of that is in line and also, you know, using a lot of uh, different capabilities of things like, um, you know, Google Docs and for scheduling and planning and everything. So hopefully no one is having consistently is a crazy day of that, but it's, it's great that telepractice lets us do that. Oh yeah, so I, my my hats off to you for hanging in there and doing all that. I would have, you know, I don't know if my brain can handle all of that at this point. <laughs> so I admire you being able to navigate all that and keep everything straight. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's not usually that bad. Sometimes it just happens, but um, but it's nice to be able to, you know, do the jumping back and forth when I need to. Right, right. I, I'm, I'm still struggling with mostly digital calendars versus writing stuff down, and I'm still trying to figure out the best system. And I've tried the bullet journals, I've tried a little bit of everything, and I'm still kind of getting there, but I'm still experimenting too. So yeah, yeah. Just got to find something that works for you, and yep, and make sure you you're using it consistently. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So who do we have on today? 
So I actually um, shared some tips from her YouTube channel in mm. one of the episodes we've had, but we um, invited Sarah Wu, who has a YouTube channel and is doing lots of things with telepractice and training others now to do telepractice. So she is on the podcast today and we're really excited about it. All right. Let's hear from Sarah. Hi, it's Todd here at the 3C Digital Media Network. I'm here to let you know about some exciting changes coming to 3C, and I hope that you'll want to be part of it. We're moving our website onto the Learn Worlds platform. We should have this completed very soon. And when we are finally on the Learn Worlds platform, we'll be offering even more webinars and courses as well as being able to provide more functionality in general to, to all of our subscribers and, and people who visit our website. But we want to do all that, but we need you. We need you to help us out. We want to greatly increase the number of webinars and courses that we're offering. So if you have a webinar idea or a course that you'd like to offer, please send me an email at Todd at 3cdigitalmedianetwork.com, and I will be in touch. Now, back to the interview. Hey, we want to welcome Sarah to the podcast. Uh, Sarah, tell us about some of your background and how you ended up as a speech-language pathologist and working in telepractice. Great. Hi. Well, my name is Sarah Wu. Um, I'm a speech pathologist based out of Illinois. Um, my so let's see, uh, let's go way back. My undergrad is from UW-Madison in Wisconsin. Uh, my undergrad was in Spanish and business. And so after I graduated, I moved to Illinois and uh, worked for Kraft Foods for four years in a position where I was wholly unfulfilled and felt like I wasn't making a difference. And I, and I started like kind of looking around and I actually read a paper, uh, read a newspaper article that was interviewing people in different careers. And one week it was speech, a speech pathologist. And I thought that sounds like such a really interesting career. And at the time I went and I did a couple job shadows. I did, I didn't do any school-based uh, job shadows. I did um, uh, one in a, like, a, uh, I would say like a outpatient clinic in a hospital and then a private practice. And I thought, this is great. So I went back to school. Um, I went back and uh, went to uh, a school that offered undergraduate speech therapy courses, uh, Northern Illinois. And after I completed a year, I was like, okay, I think I could commit to a master's degree. I didn't want to jump right into a master's degree until I was sure like I had a taste of what it was like. So I went to Northwestern um, uh, here in Illinois, Evanston, and got my master's in 2006. Um, Went to Chicago Public Schools, worked there for six years, um, and then I moved to the suburbs. Well, I was living in Evanston, but I moved even farther <laughs> into the suburbs and worked in various different um, school districts out here in kind of the northwest suburbs. And in 2016, so it had been 10 years that I'd worked in person in the schools, The uh, that spring my boss came to me and said, we'd like you to work with middle school next year. 
And one thing I should say is I am a bilingual speech pathologist, so I do speak Spanish. And I know that that population doesn't use a lot of Spanish. And I thought this is kind of a silly move on their part to not take advantage of the fact that I speak Spanish and have me working with the little ones that I really enjoy. And um, I decided, look, this is just so hard to juggle with two kids. I have two sons. I'm going to give, you know, jump into teletherapy. And um, that summer I, I um, jumped into it. I found, I interviewed with a couple companies and um, started doing teletherapy and, and soon realized just how much I really liked it. I really liked it a lot. I, I actually feel like my therapy skills are better. It actually has improved my therapy skills um, because, you know, there's so many times, especially when I, when I was working at Chicago public schools, where it was jump right in, grab something off the shelf and just go for it. Whereas in teletherapy, I do feel like you have to be more deliberate. You have to be way more animated. Right. Um, I never realized until I got that biofeedback of my own face that I had to watch doing therapy that I was like, wow, a lot of times I look really sad. And so when I, when I uh, saw like, okay, now I have to really like elevate my mood because my face is so important. Um, and so it was, it was great. And I, and so, you know, um, that's how I got into teletherapy. So. Well, I, I have to ask in terms of your telepractice journey, part of what I think people have responded really positively to are your YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. So how, how did that come about? Well, you know, it was interesting because I, I had gotten used to see my face, you know, that's how you, you know, like at first it's, it's jarring to have to look at your face all like all day, but then after a while you get used to it. So then I thought I could, I could do a YouTube channel. And I felt like when I did, I, I was actually disappointed in the process of becoming a teletherapist and that there really was no training. It was like, here's your zoom login and go, you know, go ahead. It wasn't until 2017 that one of my friends had actually decided to become a teletherapist uh, with a different company, different state. And she's like, Hey, let's have a session and let's see how this works. And I was like, okay. And I was just amazed at how, how little I understood about the participant experience until I had somebody who could, and I was like, she's like, let me share my screen. That's what it looked like to me. And I was like, oh, wow, that would have been really nice to know. So uh, in 2018, it was May of 2018 that I was like, I'm going to start putting out videos about speech therapy because it's, it's something that I think needs to, to be out there. And I, I started doing videos about you know, speech therapy and teletherapy and all of it, because um, I did actually work some Saturdays at a clinic by my house um, as well. So I had some videos about my clinic uh, journey there, and then a lot of videos about teletherapy and tools to use and that kind of thing. Great. So how do people find those if they were looking to watch those? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, so it's, it's actually www.youtube.com slash Sarah Wu SLP and Wu is well, Sarah with an H Wu is W U. So, (laughs) 
<laughs> that's I I stumbled across them looking for oh, yeah one of I our... mean that's like then it became kind of a passion where it was like sorry I think I jumped I in think there there's or... I think there's a lag in there I was just gonna say I just stumbled across them when I was looking for you know I usually give tips before we start our interview in the um for the podcast and I was stumbled across it looking for those I was like oh we have to have her on so I think there's a lot of useful information in those thank you yeah I mean I wanted to share what I know. And, and sometimes I think, what, why did I, why am I like that? You know, cause I do sometimes get on a little soapbox about different things. And I think it's because I am a big sister <laughs> just in that kind of forms your personality in that, you know, you want to share what, you know, you want to tell everybody what to do in a way, you know? Right. So, so what's your favorite population to work with right now through telepractice? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting that you asked that because it used to be when I was in person, I loved that kindergarten age. That was my favorite, but over the computer, that age is, can be difficult depending on the student. So, uh, I really like first, second grade. Those, those are really fun ages. Um, so yeah, but I actually, you know, the pandemic kind of changed things for everybody. Um, (laughs) And uh, let's see, it was March 2020 when everything kind of started happening and, I, and my kids were at home and I finished out that school year, but it was very challenging. And I knew in June of 2020 that it was too hard for me to do justice to my caseload and have kids at home because um, I'd always had, you know, that closed door office. And with the kids at home, sometimes I had uh, one of my older son in my office. And that was not going to work. Plus my other son upstairs at the dining table. So, you know, we, we struggled. So I thought in June last year, I remembered meeting somebody at the um, ASHA conference that in like the previous year. So 2019, the ASHA schools conference was here in Chicago. And I met somebody and I thought, I wonder, I wonder if they're looking for somebody that could do a position where. I wouldn't have direct treatment. Um, I, and uh, the woman was named Emily Smith and she founded a company called Teleteachers. And I reached out to her and I said, are you looking for anybody that could be like a train in the training position, any kind of behind the scenes? And she said, yeah, we actually are. We're expanding. So that last summer I took a position as a training coordinator with Teleteachers. And that's what I've been doing part-time. It's a part-time position. Um, since last summer. And it's really great because the, she actually saw my YouTube videos, you know, and she could come to me for that information. Um, just that I had that out there. So uh, she knew that I knew what I was talking about when it came to teletherapy. And she said, you'd be a great addition. And so it's been really interesting because I don't just supervise speech pathologists, but I've supervised occupational therapists and in a, in a way that I train them and then I observe them and give them tips. I shouldn't say it's necessarily supervision per se, but it's, it's just, Hey, this try this kind of thing. Um, and I've, I've, um, observed teachers and special ed teachers in action too. So, um, it's given me like a lot of perspective on the delivery of, of learning over the computer. So I have to ask what, 
when you when you're looking at these different disciplines, what are some of the pros and cons or the challenges and the successes that you see in terms of their pre-service training that mm. prepared them for telepractice? If if so. Well, that's a really good point. You know, um, it's a big jump for some people. So there were people that we would bring in who, it wasn't very many, but it was a couple that maybe just couldn't pass. And so Teleteachers has a a really nice process um, in that I do a a training to the company and then they're given um, like a checklist to fill out about getting a onboarding with some of the systems that we use. And then they come back to me for a mock session. So there are people who just can't pass the mock session now. And, and I'm an easy grader. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not oh, like horrible and mean or anything. Like I'll help you. I'm there to support you. I'll, I'll watch a session for you as you get going. Like they want you to be successful, but there are some people that just, they and I think it's really your familiarity with technology. Right. Um, and so if you really are, there are people that just haven't had that experience, enough experience with technology, even to this, even to this day, you'd think that a lot of people would have, but um, some people maybe who've been around for a while that have incredible clinical skills. And I, and I don't doubt that at all. Just getting to that point to be able to know how to navigate, even in Zoom can be overwhelming. Mm-hmm. But but um, most most uh, of the people that I've seen in action, I thought have done a really nice job. Um, and uh, and some people that maybe had less experience teaching online got better over time. Right. I like that um, that layout and format of you know making sure that they know how to do a session and having a mock session and things like that. I think that's something that not every teletherapy company has and is something that is really needed because it is a lot of times we know how to do therapy. We might not know how to do the technology part (laughs) and getting some Mm -hmm. help and feedback on that is really great. Yeah. I think, I think it's a really, it's a really nice process. I will say that now sometimes I'm finding that the mock session is not as necessary as it was like a year Mm -hmm. ago. Most people now have had some, if not a lot of teletherapy experience over the past year. So they, they do feel confident. They're easily able to check all the boxes. And so I've even thought maybe the mock session isn't necessarily needed, but um, the management really likes the standardizing of the process of bringing people in. Yeah. So so the pandemic has made your job easier a little bit, right? (laughs) Yeah, it has actually. Yeah, it has. (laughs) Now that everyone's at least, you know, gotten on a session of teletherapy. (laughs) Right, right. Absolutely. So I'm I'm really curious because I'm at a university to hear more about your involvement with Lewis University and what they're doing. Yeah. Um, so, so a unique thing came up. Um, so this past summer I was, I was realizing that I needed to do a little more than the teleteachers work. It got me through the pandemic. Um, but I knew I needed like a little more income. And so I started looking around and I, I applied for a position at Lewis university, which is a, a university in Romeoville, Illinois. 
their speech graduate program is new. So they haven't graduated. Um, you know, they, I believe, let's see, they're going to graduate their first class in the spring. So they brought on a whole new speech therapy program during the pandemic. Um, I mean, you can't, I can't imagine this, the challenges there, but, um, anyway, uh, I work for them in their new, they call it the CIT, the center for interdisciplinary telepractice. And what they did and how, how it works is that the speech department is on one level. And then above them used to be a floor of a dorm. So it's a, it's a smaller campus. So they actually have a lot of, um, mixed use buildings. And they decided and they worked with somehow uh, getting some kind of grant from the university itself to clear out that whole floor that's a dorm. And each room of that was a dorm is now a room that's got a computer. It's actually each, they, they've done a great job. So the, each room has a computer and a monitor. So you've a double screen um, and and it's so cool because of the connections of the director of the program, Dr. Tina Veal. She has a lot of connections in rural Illinois. And a lot of these school districts really struggle with staffing and kids getting what they need. So she's collaborated with these districts uh, in rural Illinois and also other, other disciplines. So the clinic just started and in at the beginning of September. And that's when I started as a clinical supervisor at that time. And so in the CIT, we have graduate students in speech therapy and graduate students in occupational therapy, as well as counseling services. And these are all students at Lewis University, graduate students who, you know, get into their um, teletherapy room and provide these services to students uh, around the state. And it's it's so neat, you know, to be able, I think that's really, it's really creative thinking to do this. Um, it's, it's something that I think is really dynamic to come up with a, a program like this. Um, mm -hmm. I really love the clinical supervision process. I've been really enjoying this. And so how it works is I actually do drive there in person. I have a little office, the supervision office, and I'm two days a week. And then other supervisors come other days. Um, and I just log into different Zoom meetings, take notes um, in the chat. I'll give tips if there's a moment where I feel like the person needs a little support. Sometimes I've even um, put on my video and sound and, and also jumped in to talk to the student. Uh, and it's, it's a great way to do it that's COVID safe. Um, there's not travel involved for the students. And um, I, th I think it's great. Have you gotten any reactions from the parents? Are they happy with the services? So um, I have only attended so far one IP meeting just because sometimes they're scheduled on days that the clinicians aren't there or I'm not there. But the parents were really, really happy. I mean, in the meeting that I had, they were really grateful for us working with them. And uh, yeah, I, so far so good. Yeah, I've had little to no negative reactions, I feel like, from parents with teletherapy that are, where their students are receiving that in schools. I feel like they know that 
I don't know. This isn't a good way to say it, that it's this or nothing. <laughs> That's not a really a big pro. But I think that they re- do realize that this is a, you know, viable way for their students to get services. And I think even more now that a lot of them saw how they worked, how it worked in their home during the pandemic, that they've kind of bought into that even more, that they've seen what it looks like. Yeah, I mean, I think that people's comfort with online learning has increased dramatically over the past year. Um, You know, some people maybe don't like it as much. I'll say for me personally, my youngest son gets speech therapy over Zoom um, for his R. And and he also gets a little counseling as well over the computer. And I personally love it because there's no travel. I don't have to drive Mm -hmm. anywhere. I'm not exposing him to COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, And he gets great services because I've seen what they talk about. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't see a difference at all. I think it's great personally. Well, that program sounds amazing. And I'm so excited that they've kind of like, you know, taken advantage of the fact that so many people are more interested in telepractice. And I that I really feel like that is what needs to happen is it needs to be integrated more into university programs. So we're not, you know, also making your training job easier. We're sending more people out into the field who already know what it's about, what it's like. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think Honestly, I think for working speech pathologists, it's going to be a big part of their of mm-hmm. their job. Maybe not necessarily school-based speech pathologists in the future. You never know. I mean, it'd be horrible to say, but maybe the, there would be another pandemic in the future. It's just, it's a, it's really a great skill set. But if they also have private clients or right. anybody in private practice needs to be able to do teletherapy at right. this point. Right. Because of all of the things you said, how much convenience it provides to families and and clients. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Sarah, I think it's it's time for the most important part of our discussion here. And that's our moment of Zen. <laughs> so we have put together a, a list of questions that we ask uh, all of our guests just to get to know you a little bit better. And you can answer and elaborate as much or as little as you want. Okay. Okay. All right. First question is, what's the most used app on your phone? Oh, my goodness. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't. So I put time limits on my apps and games so that an alert comes up. So I, Mm -hmm. like, cut myself off. I've been really trying to stop doing Instagram quite as much. So that probably still has a high number, even though I'm trying to use it less. Very good. Very good. (laughs) Um, What was the last TV series you streamed? I am re-watching Schitt's Creek. (laughs) That's a a good good one. one. Very good one. Uh, What's a favorite? Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, I have a, um, a cousin that her, she's in a PA school and her entire faculty all dressed up as Shit's Creek and each one of them was a different character for <laughs> Halloween. Oh, <laughs> that is was, so fun. It was That's so great. good. <laughs> That's awesome. What's a favorite book? Oh, wow. Um, I read 
the Midnight Library. Did you hear about that one? That came no, out this year. It's an English author. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Um, your favorite genre of music? I would have to say classical. I'm I'm actually not I'm not a music listener. I'm very weird in that way. But yeah, I do like classical music. Good. Who would you like to have dinner with, dead or alive? Um, I I'm I love Oprah. I would love to have dinner with her. She's the the person that I I watched her coming home from school all those years in the nineties. Um still I used to get her magazine. I believe it's changed now, but I still get whatever version it is. Um, so, yeah. Uh, what's the most exotic or the farthest place you've ever been? So I was born in Australia. Um, oh, nice. I'm half Australian and uh, my whole paternal side lives there. So uh, my mom is from the United States. So I came over here. So that's that's probably my most interesting thing. Cool. Um, what's the scariest thing you've ever done? And you can define scary as anything, anyway. Hmm. Um, okay. <laughs> this is kind of random, but so I never got my wisdom teeth out when you're supposed to when you're young. And into my 30s, every time I would go to the doctor, the dentist, they would say, you need to get your bottom wisdom teeth out. And I, they said, this is going to be a beast of an operation because your roots have gone super curved and they're right by the nerve. And I'm like, I'm a speech pathologist, so I can't get nerve damage in my mouth or face. And so I put it off and put it off. And then I'm so happy I did this prior to the pandemic. I found a special procedure. It's called a coronectomy where they leave the roots, but take the actual top of the tooth and then sew it shut. Um, it's not that new, but it's, I'm telling you, that was the best thing I ever did after avoiding surgery for 15 years. I did that. So that was super scary because it was a big risk. But um, I'm, I couldn't be happier I did that. I've had no issues at all. And I never got nerve damper, damage, which they said was a very high chance if they had removed the entire tooth. I know that's strange, but man, when I think about things, I'm so grateful I did that. So never put off health proce procedures. <laughs> very, very true. Very, very true. Um, what is a pet peeve? Oh, my goodness. Um bad drivers uh you know not in chicago i'm sure i know <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's a lot of bad driving around here you got to be careful okay if you didn't choose your current profession what profession would you like to try wow you know when i was uh, in fifth grade i wrote a story about wanting to be a journalist and so that mm -hmm. would, would definitely be the position. I would like to be a journalist. Um, that would be something I'd like. <laughs> I, I, it was my first career. So I, I understand oh, the calling wow. there. Yep. Yeah. Um, last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? 
<laughs> uh, I guess a uh, good job as a speech pathologist. Because <laughs> you don't get a lot of feedback necessarily, right? Mm-hmm. Your clients don't say you did a good job or the, they might. Um, but nobody says, Hey, you did a really good job. You just have to know it. Either you know it or you don't, I guess. I like that idea. I think it'd be neat to kind of see like the trajectory of lives that you changed by the work that you did kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. That would be really cool. Yeah. You don't, you don't always get somebody to circle back to say, Hey, this is what the student or child is doing now because, because of what you helped with. Yeah. That would be cool. Yeah, absolutely. I like it. (laughs) Sarah, Kim and I think you're doing an excellent job. So we want you to know that. (laughs) Uh, And so you, you mentioned your YouTube channel. Is there any other ways that the, that our listeners who want to reach out could maybe contact you? Oh yeah. So I do maintain a blog. Uh, It's it's called speechisbeautiful.com. And the YouTube channel is there as well. And you can find me pretty much everywhere at, you know, at the handle Sarah Wu SLP. Thank you for joining us and, and best of luck with everything. Thank you so much. That was Sarah Wu. Thank you, Sarah, again, for joining us on the podcast. Please visit her YouTube channel as well as her blog. And she has so much uh, that she's doing and so many great tips and insights about telepractice. Uh, You will not regret it. So thank you again, Sarah, for joining us. And if you guys don't mind, go over to the 3cdigitalmedianetwork.com website and check out our new website with Learn Worlds. So our new website is now integrated onto the Learn Worlds platform, and we hope to expand even more what we're doing in terms of webinars and courses and podcasts and blogs. So if you are interested in contributing something and want to make some additional income, please reach out to us. Uh, Go to the website. There's ways that you can become a content creator, and we would love to work with you. And we would love also for you to leave us a five-star review. That always helps us attract new subscribers and to grow this podcast. And with that, we'll be back again next week for another episode. Until then, be safe and be kind. This has been a production of the 3C Digital Media Network.